I'm Dr. J.D. Romick. This one thing could add seven years to your life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to George Fox Talks Body. I'm Dr. Romick, and I am here with Dr. Ryan Jacobson, and we are going to tackle one of my favorite topics today, and it can actually improve your life by seven years if you incorporate this, um, this what, what, what do I want to call it? Practice, way, of, practice, way of being. Way of being into your life. Um, so welcome, Ryan. Hey, thank you. Happy to have you. Yeah. Um, so if you wouldn't mind giving just a small brief intro about who you are. Sure. Um, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a pediatric physical therapist. I'm a professor here in our PT program. Um, I'm a dad and a husband. I'm a lover of living and music and uh, fantasy and magic reading. I love it. And yeah. Okay. Well, I brought Ryan on today because there is one quality or one aspect of Ryan's life that he pursues with so much integrity and vigor and it's actually a quality or a, uh, a tenant of a lot of your life that can improve your lifespan by seven years in some studies. And that is discovering and pursuing purpose. Hmm. And I want to frame this because I don't think people understand how big of a deal it is to have purpose in your life. And we all know when it's lacking about 70% of us wake up every day, dreading going to work mm-hmm. or feeling this, this heaviness of your commute and getting, you know, getting through your day and then coming home and doing it day after day and living for the weekend. Mm -hmm. It's like, we've all experienced this, I think in some capacity in our lives Absolutely. and not all of us are lucky enough to be living with purpose, but I also don't know that we know it's a problem. So I would love to know Ryan, why you think purpose is such a big deal. Wow. That's a big question. It is. Like, straight why out do you, the gate, straight why out do you pursue it? Like, why do you think it's such a big deal? Uh, I pursue it because of the same reason we always do something is we've seen some evidence in our life that it's worthwhile. It's, it's value. It lines up with who we are. Um, but pursuing purpose, how do you boil that down in I a know, nutshell? That's um, hard. I think the evidence says, you know, that 70% of us go to work unhappy, right? but then having purpose some of the studies coming out of the blue zones, which are the healthiest cultures in the world that Mm -hmm. live the longest with the fewest um, chronic illnesses and health issues. Purpose is a core part of their, their value system. Mm -hmm. And it's called a lot of things in Okinawa, Japan, it's called Ikigai. And it's basically what you wake up, wake up out of bed that day pursuing. Like, what is it that gets you excited to live? All right. So this isn't purpose, but it's related, I think, really closely, because what you're talking about is uh, a misassumption among humans that the reason to get out of bed is to get something or feel something really good or Mm. or or or, or, you know, be given something and that that's going to lead to like happiness and fulfillment and such. And 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 I'll I'll die on the hill that says actually humans get out of bed and 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 feel those things when they can contribute in the world mm-hmm. not not necessarily get things that help drive them to feel these feelings right um and and contributing is about humanity and it's about connection and it's about um creating meaning and value uh 
and that aligns with who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can dive into some of that stuff, but I, I think that's what I've discovered through my walk in life and in various jobs and um, seeing that when I finally found that I love getting out of bed for work. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't because I was getting everything I needed and mm-hmm. getting getting the advantages or getting, you know, getting off early or or not having so much work to do. It was when I was actively contributing to something that really meant something to me and 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 meant something to the people who I was doing the work with. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because if you think about the normal day to day, if, you know, if we're talking about seven, 70% of Americans aren't happy in their jobs, the amount of money that they're paid, the accolades and recognition they get, the, the perks of whatever it is their job has, maybe it's more status. None of that stuff ends up being fulfilling. Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about isn't, you know, kind of the, the overall, like, what am I going to get out of my work? What am I going to get out of my job? I've got a great benefits package. I get mm-hmm. a good 401k. I get a great salary. I can cover my bills. We have a roof over our head, but that doesn't always lead to increased life satisfaction. Absolutely. Yeah. So this idea that we're, we're contributing or we're giving back to yes. the world. So here's, I, I, I'm terrible with details. Um, but this was based on some kind of like research into uh, what keeps people satisfied in their work and what keeps them at their work. And it, it boiled down to uh, there are things that have to be have to be in place so that you don't leave your job. Those mm-hmm. things are like salary and, you know, benefits and do I like my work schedule? Um things that we call perks, but those are just things that keep us from not leaving. But the things that keep us staying are like the work I'm doing is valued. The work mm-hmm. I'm doing contributes to something that I think is important. The work that I do here uh, is done with other people in a way that we create, that we we create value, that we create um, those important things that we hold dear. Mm-hmm. Those are things that make us stay. Right. And those are two different things. What makes us stay versus what makes us leave. Uh, on the on the what makes us leave side is when the salary is not enough, mm. right? The classic example is in healthcare. We could keep paying, for example, nurses more and more, but here we are two years later with a shortage of nurses mm. who are being paid upwards of $120,000 a year now, whereas, you know, a few years back, they were making 60 to 90. Yeah. So there's never enough of those kind of perks or things, right? Right. So what's behind that? Well, they don't feel like they're able to do the work well. I mean, who mm-hmm. do, who goes into a job or a career not wanting to do their work well, right? right? And not wanting to, again, contribute in a way that's valued and that aligns with who they are. Right. And so, you know, nurses, my wife is a ner- former nurse and nurse practitioner. She sees us all the time. And now as a nurse practitioner, she has colleagues right now who are wondering, like, can I do this anymore? Yeah. And the money isn't keeping them. Right. Right. So... There's yeah. something there's something there that's really tangible. And when you asked me, like, why is purpose so important to me? Um, again, because having found this perspective on living and employing it in my life, I now love work. 
Yeah. And I seek for work that I love. And and I've learned ways to kind of like when things weren't aligning so well to make shifts that I that still lined up with what my family needs and what I need. So. Right. I think something that was really um, eye opening for me. I saw this uh, study and I, I'm blanking on the study, but there were graphs of the amount of time that we spend in certain places or with mm-hmm. certain people um, and our relationships with our kids, our parents both kind of peak at a certain point in our lives and then they decrease. And then time with our coworkers or colleagues actually have a pretty, um, a pretty level steady amount of time that you spend with them. So the amount of time that you're going to spend with colleagues at work is more than you'll spend with your kids or with your parents. Your spouse is another one that kind of increases and then continues to increase throughout the lifespan, especially after you stop working. You better be with somebody that you want to be around because you're going to be with them a long time, as well as the time spent with ourselves, which is going to obviously be the highest because we're always going to be with ourselves. True. What really stuck out to me is how much time we spend with our colleagues and therefore at work. So if we have a significant chunk of time that we're not enjoying our lives, Hmm. it's probably a good idea to align ourselves with things that are that resent like with that resonate with our purpose. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, thinking about, you know, this job outlook with nurses and healthcare providers and others, you know, probably in tech and finance that are unsatisfied with their work, no matter how much they're getting paid, no matter how much their um, perks are increasing and that they're trying to be, um, bribed to stay. We'll say that Mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. wants to keep their employees on. What are some things that we can check in with ourselves and how, how can we really make sure that our job is aligning with our purpose? Or if we're somewhere, how can we improve that job satisfaction or that, that, um, that significant chunk of time that we're going to be at work? Okay. That's a good question. Uh, Cause the first thing that will always come to mind is, well, it's the system, Mm. right? And, um, it's not to discount that external factors don't bear on this, right? Um, as a sidelight, before I answer your question, I was in a job once where the external factors became so obvious that there would never be a chance to thrive that I had to figure out a way to find a new job. Mm-hmm. And for sure, that was the right choice. Um, but that took a lot of work to get there because, you know, there's a lot of factors and you can't just say, hey, I'm going to leave my job because it's not working and then right. expect to find something else. Um However, uh, a really great mentor of mine said at some point, and then sometimes it's just not there. Mm. But that's kind of that in that kind of framework, that's the end point. And so coming back to kind of your question, it's actually internal. Um, and what that looks like uh, has looked like for me has been uh, around an integrity of who I'm being. And forgiveness, seeking forgiveness, and putting those in the context of what I want to contribute in the world. So integrity is a world of living where I'm well aligned with the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all we all know at certain points, like, okay, what am I all about in this world? And and there's no right or wrong to that. I mean, we're 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 lived. We have a lived experience. And the more we're true to that lived experience, the more likely we are to, you know, manifest joy and be able to contribute and feel purpose. Mm. Um, So you have to do some kind of work to understand who you are at core. Does that make sense? Right. 
Totally. The second thing is um, seeking forgiveness because when there's incongruity in incongruity, that's a thing. <laughs> I, I meant to say incongruity. That's that's Thank what you. I thought you meant. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. When there's incongruence in who you are in relation with others, it makes purpose-driven living really difficult. So one exercise that uh, I was taken through uh, through a, a mentorship type experience I had was to seek forgiveness from people when there's incongruity. I'm going <laughs> to just keep saying incongruity. <laughs> Incongruence uh, with our relationship. Um, so it was hard because seeking forgiveness is to own your part in the problem between you mm -hmm. and someone else or the, the misaligned relationship or the, the, the event that made that happen. And so the process of seeking forgiveness and owning that then feeds into your integrity. Mm -hmm. Those create the basis for then understanding who you are in this world and being able to move forward with purpose. Yeah. Can you give an example of when you want to ask for forgiveness or kind of bridge this incongruity, as mm -hmm. you say? Yeah. We're going to keep saying that. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in now. Okay. I'm invested. Um, when I was in my mid-30s uh, working at a job, I was not in a, a great place of integrity in a lot of ways. I mean, I was fine. I was doing good work as a physical therapist, but um, I always sought to get off early if possible, mm. right? Uh, maybe that meant if a patient canceled late in the day, I wouldn't seek to find another patient or try to do any more work. I was salaried, so I didn't have to, mm -hmm. and I'd go home. Um, I was in a place where um, I really wanted my free time, and I think I was in a perspective of this job, even though it's a great job and great coworkers, is imposing on me really getting to be who I want to be or, mm. or do the things I want to do and have the fun I want to have, right? right. And, um, and so fast forward a little bit from that space to having a mentor ask me if I'd be willing to try this uh, um, leadership course mm -hmm. called The Heart of Leadership. Um, uh, and I'm like, sure, I'll try it. And going there and being asked instead to think about who you're being at your core and whether or not it aligns with, with, with what you are and whether it has integrity in your relationships and mm -hmm. the work you're doing, uh, a little bit of a get breakdown kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that changed me. And, and, and the first way it changed me is I, I came back from this experience and shared it with my wife. Our relationship was fine, but it wasn't going well. Uh, this different perspective, uh, she saw something different in me because it wasn't, she saw the, the ew of mm. who I was being, you know, this kind of always seeking for advantage, always seeking for something that, I, you know, gives me a step up about something that I can push off response. I mean, yeah. there are all kinds of aspects and, you know, it's hard to share past experiences, but I'm not proud of who I was in that sense, yeah. but I, no one would have looked at me and said, Oh, you're being a, you're being a bad person or, right. you know, um, but that was work I had to do for myself. It wasn't me saying, Oh, this was the system making me be like that. Right. right. Or, or my marriage, it's Stephanie who, uh, Right. You know, was the problem per se. And so that's I that's a lot of introspection that is that fair like, is encouraging because I've been there for sure. Even when you show up, you 
want to put in your work so that you can go live your life. And mm -hmm. it's kind of that same mentality that I think a lot of Americans are stuck in of working for the weekend. I mean, there's a song yeah. about it. Everybody's working for the weekend. And if your Monday through Friday is wasted so that you can get to the weekend or it's not fulfilling, that is a huge chunk of your life that you're not enjoying. Yeah. So that's why I think purpose gives us so much so much more of an improved life expectancy is because if we're actually enjoying every day, right. we're fulfilled, we're, um, we're in relationship that, you know, gives us, you know, shared value and we're not lonely and we have this kind of, um, just higher purpose to life. I think that's, I think that's where the life expectancy. Well, so here, happens. let me, let me share what I learned about myself then. Yeah. Because since that era, which might, be in my mid thirties, I've loved work every day mm. and it's been in multiple workplaces. And what I learned about myself is I need to be in a space where I can have creativity. Mm. Uh, I need to find roles where I can uh, help other people or create space for other people I'm working with mm -hmm. to do better work on their own or to grow in some way. Yeah. Like I love, I love being involved in collaborative mentorship. You and I have been involved yeah. in collaborative mentorship for years and yeah. I just grow so much by it and you grow so much by it. And, yeah. and so that really fills me. Right. And, and I love being eclectic. Like, like I can't, I'm not like a deep specialist, right. I'll never be that PT professor who is the foremost expert on some pediatric application of a treatment, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I, I having things all around, I know this about me. Right? right. And I like pushing boundaries in, um, making things better in healthcare or, um, pushing boundaries in how we work in as teams in right. order to collaborate, to give better patient care. Like I like kind of pushing to the front edge of things. And I know this about me. Yeah. I like being around people who want to seek high level things with me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I also like being around people who don't know where they want to go yet and being a part of their journey, hence students who yeah. want to be PTs, being yeah. part of their journey to grow and who they're going to be as leaders. Right. Um, and all that lights me up. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I do every day. Yeah. So I'm sensing this theme of understanding your values. Yes. There's an exercise that I went through with um, my health coach, counselor, whatever you want to call it, of just discovering your values and Brene Brown has this amazing worksheet. So if you go online, you can Google, mm. you know, Brene Brown values worksheet. And she has this whole list of values that you circle if they align with you. And then she really tries to boil it down to like your top two values, which is for me extremely hard because <laughs> I'm like you, I have so many things that I love and, and want to pursue in my work. But I think understanding your values is critical in continuing to, discover your purpose because you know what you're all about. So this kind of gets me to the point in my show where we talk about the top three tips of, you know, what tangible things can we give people to find their purpose? Maybe they're in that place where they are dreading getting out of bed in the morning. Maybe they can't quite quit their job. So, you know, what's a realistic um, time frame, or what are some realistic exercises or practices that can get them feeling like they're pursuing purpose and they have more meaning in their life. So we should try to lay some out. I think so. Okay. Yeah. If you have three, if you want to go rogue and do five, if you want to say, no, forget that. I'm going to do two. Um, okay. I'm here for it. So I think we talked about this. There are two different 
perspectives. One is, do I have the flexibility to kind of change something major about my work life, let's say, right? versus, no, I kind of need to be in this job and it's not great right now, or this, this path I need to be on for a while. So how do I do this within the context? So the first one that really works for me, and I do this two to three times a year, is when there's a pause in the general flow of life, like Christmas break or mm. spring break or something, um, I take time to find, kind of like you, find a space outside my normal places I am and dig back into where I'm putting my time. And so I'll kind of lay out, okay, where's my time going yeah. as far as work and life in general? And I look at those things and I decide, are there things that no longer kind of are really firing me up that really line right. with the purpose and the work as I've moved forward? Um, uh, what would be an example? Uh, a couple of years ago, I was... I was involved in a lot of research related to a, a topic that now is kind of like not where I want to put my attention. Yeah. Um, and so I had to look at that and say, okay, having stepped back, how do I, how do I bring that to completion? Yeah. Right. I'm not just going to walk away from that because that's not high integrity. I'm not going to walk away from those, those people I'm working with, but I have to figure out a concrete plan to kind of phase that out. Yeah. You know, maybe that takes a month, maybe that takes a couple months, whatever. Uh, but I do that regularly because like you, I'm like all over the place. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if I'm a listener right now and I'm thinking, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of things and many of the things just aren't lining up with what I want to be about in this yeah. job, you kind of need to separate yourself from things, get in a, in a space and see what those are. Decide that I'm going to stop being a part of that. Or I'm going to start, stop contributing to that. Mm -hmm. And what does it look like to stop in a, in a way that has integrity? Yeah. So that would be my That's first. Great. I love that. And I think about the amount of people that don't take their vacation days and mm -hmm. I'm a big encourager of, you know, you have to go out and do things. You can't just work your whole life. Even having a day that you set aside for yourself for your own mental health or your your own well-being. This is one of those times I would probably take a day off, go somewhere that is inspiring to me. Or if it aligns with a break, if you do have a break in your job, many people don't. They don't right. have a Christmas break or a summer break or a spring break. But having a day that you take off for yourself to reconnect with yourself and to figure out these things that you're talking about. So if you don't have a nice break, take one. That's what I would add to yours. Yeah. But absolutely. Is, it's worth, it's worth the eight hours of PTO. I think so. hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. What was another one we talked about? Cause I'm, I'm blanking. I know. No, I am too. We had, we had great ideas before. We I know started Caleb, talking. do you remember any of the other ideas that we just talked about? Be willing to abandon something with integrity. Okay, so we kind of touched on yeah, that. Yeah, we touched okay, on that. Okay, so a that bit. I kind of combined it into two because yeah. there's there's the one tip about just creating space and getting you know taking that PTO or that time to get away and and, and reappraise. Um, but Caleb used the word abandon. It's one of my favorite words. Like to abandon something that I've been doing on behalf of being something new that I could become. Mm. You know, to better myself and to better the world. Yeah, that appeals to me. Yeah, and so that's hard to do. It is. There's We're a, all about habits and we get in our routines and abandoning stuff is scary. It's not only scary. There's people involved in abandoning things and there's there's valuable work in the things you're doing that just aren't lining up with you. But this is about alignment. Mm -hmm. Like purpose is about lining up with who you are. Right. Not lining up about with what you think you should be or what others think you should be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I'm in a job that I just don't like, there's still opportunities to find how I express who I'm going to be. It might be with another individual mm -hmm. or it might be with a side project that I could be involved yeah. with at work. Um, but 
again, you have to let go of something because there's mm. just not infinite space, time or energy right. or heart or, or yeah. love or, or ability to contribute all right. the time. Yeah. And so figure like it is okay. Like if you walk away from this podcast with one thing, it's okay to let go of something that still has value and the others think you should be doing. Right. If you don't necessarily think you align with it, uh, walking away with integrity is the key. Hmm. Um, integrity meaning I'm going to steward the relationship. Hey, GD, you know, we've been doing this work together for a long time. This is kind of where I'm at right now. What can I do to kind of like extract myself from this, but make sure that every all the work that is so important to you is still taken care of? Yeah. That could be with a coworker, a boss, or another person. Yeah. But that's that's abandoning with integrity. Like you can't just cut cut ties and walk away. Right. That communication and that um stewardship. Stewardship of that good work that you're doing. Right. I think is really powerful. Did we come up with the third one? I think so, but only Caleb knows it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. How can I contribute to other humans who I am around? Uh, there's a question. So maybe it's the word contribution even mm-hmm. more than inclusivity. Yeah. Was that incongruency? Incongruency. Incru- incongruency. Yes, that's, that was it. All that. Mm-hmm. All right. So what does it mean, contribution? Uh, said, I said this before. Humans don't seek to be helped. They don't seek to be given to. They don't seek to get things to feel better. We find real joy and, and purpose and living by contributing. Right. So sometimes it's easy just to go hop to a new job. Mm. Sometimes it's easy to hop into a new social situation. Mm-hmm. It's not so easy to leave a family, but right. uh, when you're within some place that isn't lining well and you're not, you're not, you're not getting that joy and fulfillment and, and stuff, you might look for places and individuals who you might contribute to more. Maybe it's a coworker who you could offer something to help them level up in their work, mm. right? Or maybe it's um, you're you're in a social situation in a communities that you're within, church or otherwise, where someone you've made a connection with, maybe double down on what they're all about right. and how can you create space either through resources you have or ideas you have or just being in relationship with them, create space for them to grow into the next place. Yeah. Um, that is huge for purpose. And and I'd, I'd again die on this hill that we tend to forget about the humanity of being human in our work. Hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of stuff to do in our work. We have a lot of productivity to meet. We have a lot of tasks that we have to get done. We have a lot of lists that we need to do. We have demands from people we work for. We have demands from people we work with. Right. How well well are we taking time to see the other human Mm. in our interactions, to pause a little longer, to contribute a little more in that and maybe de-emphasize making sure we check off all those things or making sure that, that... everything that's being asked of us happens, you know, in such a productive, meaningful way. Wow. Um, that humans and relationship are kind of what we're doing this for. Yeah. It's amazing when you zoom out and look at the other human. I actually remember our program director and I were having a, a discussion and he said, how was your drive in today? What was your headspace like? And it made me take a step back because it was a human seeing another human. Mm-hmm. And then I asked the same question. I said, how about you? Where where are you right now? Mm-hmm. And it gave us an opportunity to be candid with our own headspace because we forget that 
the the human overlords that are telling us what to do. Um, they have demands and they have they have a life as well. So my encouragement is that as well is just connecting with humans, being empathetic because we all have a similar experience and we're all a lot more like than we think. And mm-hmm. we all get improved life satisfaction from the same things. Having purpose is one. So right. that's really, that's a good way to look at it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Oh, wow. That's like the open-ended question that I know. I'm supposed to pull out something brilliant. You know, maybe <laughs> if, if there was a billboard on the highway that said one thing that you'd want everybody to see, Maybe it pertains to this topic, maybe not. Wow. You know, what message would you like to get out there? I really, really align with possibility. Mm. Like, I want to be in spaces where anything's possible. Mm. That's cool. And promote that. So my billboard would be embrace possibility. I love that. And that, that there's a lot behind possibility. Yeah. And, and when we're not feeling purpose, then we don't feel possibility. Yeah. So It's beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here and taking the time. Yeah. This video podcast is a production of George Fox Digital. To find more material like this, you can subscribe to George Fox Talks on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Our team really appreciates your feedback in the form of likes, comments, and reviews. And we'd really love to hear what you think. To sign up for our weekly email list and to keep up to date with the latest episodes and publications, you can check us out on the web at georgefox.edu talks. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.